2: Hello and welcome to the Roper Report podcast in association with Sunderland Community Soup Kitchen. My name is Rich Spate and I'm joined down the line from America by Kev Campbell. How are you this uh, this evening or this uh, lunchtime as it will be where you are?
1: Yeah, doing well yeah just after lunch uh, good good morning of uh, football this morning to, to watch and uh, hopefully we can, you know, kick on from there. Doing well,
2: yeah. Well, uh, Kev's made his debut on the pod proper uh, after joining me to uh, talk through the game against Plymouth last week, uh, which was a victory. This time we've got a draw away in Suffolk at Ipswich Town to talk about. It wasn't the most inspiring of games, um, so I'm not sure it was a good morning of football. Um, but <laughs> it is, it is it it's a point. It's uh, Sunderland remaining unbeaten. Are you are you pretty satisfied with that as a as a result in the in the context of the game, Kev?
1: Yeah, I think in the context of the game, and in the context of the run of form that we've been on, and in the context of a depleted, injury ridden squad, I don't think that it's a bad result. Of course, coming into the match today, you see the table, you see how many teams aren't playing, um, and a chance to kind of get points on the board. And so you're looking forward to a win more, hopefully. But uh, all things considered, yeah, I think it's a, a mildly successful day, I think I would call it.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, it was an unchanged Sunderland 11. So the same starting lineup. I think, for the third game in a row, which I can't remember when that has last happened. Obviously, Sunderland's injury crisis means that that is not a surprise. And uh, we picked up an, another injury in the first half, and that was... Uh, Kind of one of the major incidents of the first half when uh, Leon Diakou, uh was uh, tackled. Pretty, I mean, it was a not a great challenge by the Ipswich player, and he uh, and he limped off and well, stood, tried to limp off, and then was was carried off on a, on a golf buggy. And uh, that one looks uh, a nasty one. I haven't seen any uh, any updates so far on it, but that that was pretty much a a big blow for Sunderland, wasn't it, Kev?
1: In you know, retrospect, we'll probably have some more information on, on how serious or the lack of seriousness of the injury by the time this comes out. But yeah, watching it live, it, it didn't look good in the tackle itself. It definitely didn't look good seeing how labored he was trying to get off the pitch and then obviously having to um, go off not on his own power. It, it's not, um, doesn't inspire confidence of how quickly he'll be able to turn around. And really he he was, fairly bright in the game and, and you know, he's, he's starting to come into some form the last couple of matches as well. So a massive blow on top of all the other uh, niggling injuries and, and long-term injuries that we're dealing with. And like you said, we, we only have the, um, the one camera angle to really judge the tackle on. Somebody in the grounds may have a better perspective on it, but it looked a really nasty tackle, uh, especially I haven't seen the replays. looked studs up really late, uh but uh, as we've seen the last few games that's kind of the way it's gone for us with league 1 refereeing
2: not even a yellow card as well which was really disappointing um yeah. by the time the referee got round to talking to um i think it was Evans uh their player it it he he just gave him a ticking off which was really bloody disappointing given that you know like you say, it was studs up and some referees you know we've seen Elliot Embleton sent off for for something not too dissimilar this season, and I thought it was a bit of a, a, a cop out by the ref. It did mean that we saw Denver Hume come back, which was uh, uh, which was uh, one out, one in. You know, yeah. got one, one new injury, but we got uh, Denver Hume back. But it, what it didn't do was change the the kind of the pattern of the first half, which was us looking really, really vulnerable down the left hand side. Obviously, Gooch started uh, at left, kind of wing back or left back and uh and then Hume came on and and Gooch switched to the right uh, in Jacque's place but um we we looked really vulnerable that f- that first half in particular didn't we they they created yeah. quite a lot from uh from Burns down the right
1: yeah that's where all those attacks were coming from uh, especially the most dangerous ones and i don't know if it was a matter of again like like we saw a little bit at times um, last week, just an uh, unfamiliarity with the formation that we're playing in at the minute, uh, but I'll say not to give him too hard of a time because he's been brilliant since he's he's been at the club, but uh, Doyle kind of showed his inexperience a few times in some of those overlapping runs uh, down the left-hand side. He was playing on the left of that three, and he was he was the one that looked pretty vulnerable in those attacks. Not that the, whoever was playing wing back necessarily helped him a ton in those uh, as they were attacking down that side, but, but Doyle got kind of bullied off the ball a couple times. There were a couple of dummies down that side that, that he bit on and ended up trying to catch up from three or four paces behind. Uh, so we knew this was coming, right, Rich, with the youngsters, the, the young squad that we've had. We knew that there'd be some inconsistency in, in positions, and I think we saw that a little bit uh, from him especially today
2: yeah but when it came to them taking the lead which they did uh, just into a very long period of injury time in the first half after jack's injury it was more flanagan who was kind of caught short really who who was caught kind of ball watching and then doyle makes a desperate lunge to get back the ball kind of spoons up off him and sits up really nicely for norwood to head home and you know he's a, he's a decent striker he's not going to miss from not going to miss from there but I was I was slightly disappointed with how we let them play out and play around us there. I thought, um, they, I mean, they they looked a decent side, but it was disappointing yeah. to go in uh, one nil down. But probably not against the runner player, was it? They were the better, better team in the first half.
1: Yeah, I think that's just it. They the goal again. I feel like we've conceded so many soft crap goals. Um, in injury time or right at the end of halves or, you know, against the run of play, but this one wasn't necessarily against the run of play. They probably deserved to be ahead at the half. Um, not necessarily on that attack probably, but they, they did probably deserve to be ahead. They played really well. You can see the attacking threat that Ipswich pose. Uh, and so far in the season, they've been so inconsistent because of, I think, how many players they brought in at the beginning of the season and probably just trying to gel as a team together in, in one, one cohesive unit. Um, and so you saw that at times, but you did see the attacking threat that they do carry, for sure, especially in that first half.
2: Yeah, I like I like the look of Burns. I also like Aluko, I thought, look, uh, like a, a really decent player. So um, when in... Pretty disappointed at it, one 0 down. And then came out and we we looked much brighter and started to pass the ball around, started to show a little bit of urgency and one probably the one bit of quality in the game overall got us the draw in the end. Um it was an absolutely fantastic ball through from Dan Neal, wasn't it? And and My a gosh, lovely, yes. lovely lovely, lovely confident finish from from Nathan Broadhead, who's I think scored five in five. Um impressive goal, wasn't it? Really.
1: Oh yeah, in that first quarter of an hour of the second half, you could see um, there was a bit of urgency coming out of uh, the halftime break. There was a bit of uh, more uh, more pa- uh, urgency and, and passion on the ball, I think, and the quality really started to show through. There was the obviously the pass from, from Dan Neal to put Broadhead through, and I'll be honest, from the moment that ball released Broadhead in on goal, there was no doubt in my mind that he was going to bury it. The form that he's been on. I almost had my hands up cheering before he had even let the ball off his yeah. feet because I knew it was going in. Uh and then right after that I think it was 4 or 5 minutes after that Gooch uh had a good bit of play and and almost played he was playing centrally actually It drifted inside and he, he played a ball out uh, and released a, another effort in on goal and and you could see the quality begin to build through in that first mm. quarter of an hour out of halftime.
2: Yeah and I mean Ross Stewart had the big chance, didn't he? And I don't know about Ross Stewart at the minute. He seems that he can't get the ball out from underneath his feet. He seems that maybe there's a little bit of confidence lacking and he's getting quite frustrated because, you know, I think a confident striker actually doesn't hit the goalkeeper's hip there. I think a confident striker gives the goalkeeper absolutely no chance. Do you agree that he just looks a little bit off in some senses? He's still obviously working really, really hard, still covering the ground, still doing a great job defensively. But when it comes to going forward, he just looks like he, he kind of needs a goal, any kind of goal to get himself maybe back on form.
1: Yeah, I think what I noticed today more than anything is when his back was to goal, when he was holding the ball up, getting his teammates involved and kind of spitting the ball out wide to our wingers, he looked a little bit more assured of himself. He looked a little bit... Uh, more like he knew exactly what he was going to do before the ball even came mm-hmm. to him. But you're right, as soon as he was facing goal and he had a couple of chances to either uh, run at a defender or that, that massive chance to, to put one away, he looks like he's caught between two minds. And I don't know if that is down to playing a little bit differently than he was earlier in the season where he was kind of the lone striker and, and he had the the run of the that final third of the pitch to himself. And now he's trying to get Broadhead in and, and figure out how to play the wingers in. I don't know if that's something to do with it, but it definitely is a confidence thing. You can see it. Uh, you could almost see painfully in slow motion when that chance came to him. He couldn't decide whether he was going to fizz mm-hmm. the ball across the keeper uh, to the far post and put it in on that side or, or kind of uh, put it around the keeper's left into that near post. He, he got caught and he, he ended up hitting the keeper in, in a crucial moment.
2: Yeah, and that was kind of it, really, for chances at either end. They created very, very little uh, in the second half. I don't think, really, that other than a free kick that was more of a cross than a shot that Hoffman tipped over, didn't really do very much, and neither did we. And the game really fizzled out. It got very scrappy. We picked up a whole load of yellow cards uh, towards the end of the the end of the game, but in in general, I mean, I'm. I'm all right with that. Only disappointing thing, really, is that Wigan and Rotherham both picked up wins. Um, lots and lots of games cancelled uh, due to COVID, but um, all of the top three played, and uh, and and we slipped a little bit back. But I mean, that's going to happen. A point away from home at Ipswich, who I don't think are going to end up in eleventh place in the league. Um, no. it's, it's it's not as by no means a disaster.
1: No, that's it. And I think as the game went on, you're right; it fizzled out. And I was both confident that we were not going to concede another goal, and just as confident that we probably weren't going to put another one in as well, just yeah. the way the game played, uh, played yeah. out. So yeah, in the if you look at just the the matches that did go on, and you see that Wigan and Rotherham picked up three, while we picked up one. I'm sure there'll be some um, perspective of uh, we've lost two points on the two automatic places, but at the same time going away to Ipswich, I think that's not the the worst point to pick up. Yes, we won all three. I think we should be going into every single game the rest of the season uh, confident and expecting three points. And at the same time, understanding in these particular games as well, when we're away in a hostile environment against a quality opponent, that there's always the opportunity to walk away with one point. I don't think we should ever be satisfied with a loss, um, whether it be away from home or at home. But but one like this, where the game fizzled and we're injury ridden, yeah, a point is is good enough. We we want better, but it's good enough to get us uh, down the road. And, and we've got another point on the board, which I think is going to be important yeah. in the next couple of weeks uh, with all these cancellations that we're starting to see. Getting the points on the board, as we've seen in in years past, is more important than having the games in hand for me
2: oh don 't talk to me about that because uh, <laughs> i can 't see the season being cancelled, but um no. there there's, there's a good chance we might not be able to go into grounds we We'll see hopefully things will ease a little bit, hopefully the evidence will come back and this this variant that is really ripping through particularly urban parts of of England at the minute is is not as serious as uh as 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 other variants, but it's scale at the minute, and we're just going to have to wait and see. And uh, everyone's going to have to try and keep themselves safe. I hope everyone can keep themselves safe. Plenty of follow up for this uh, match on the on the Roke Report website. There'll also be loads more um, podcasts coming out from the twenty four hour pod. I don't know if we're going to get our, um, our watch-along out as a <laughs> podcast. I don't think that would make very good podcast listening, Kev. But there's loads and loads and loads of stuff. And on your pod feed, underneath this one, you'll see Peter Reid. You'll see um, Gordon Armstrong. You'll see Krabbers and Julio Arca. Um, loads of interviews from last week to uh, still to drop. And uh, we're, we're really um, excited to be able to bring all of that to you in the lead-up to Christmas. And then we've got Arsenal. Are you excited for that one, Kev?
1: Yeah, I am. I think it's a, a free hit, really, um, at at going for a, a little bit of cup glory. Uh, and I think, you know, Arsenal's a, such a bizarre team this year to watch. They're so inconsistent. And every time they go out on the pitch, the times that I have been able to watch them, you really have no idea what you're going to get with them. You could get a good game and they, they put three or four in and look unbeatable and then, come out the next week and they look like they could never score a goal in the rest of the season. So I don't know what we'll get. I'm sure we'll get probably not their full strength squad, surely, but I think it's a free hit for, for our lot. It, they may take it more seriously than I expect them to. I, I don't know uh, what the uh, kind of backroom coaching staff perspective on that competition is, uh, but once you make it to this stage, it's it's go for the go for the cup, right, for, yeah. for everybody, especially but-
2: for us. I I think uh, they're going to be taking it pretty seriously and I think everyone should just enjoy it, you know, sit back. Yeah. Let let Sky and the other broadcasters talk uh about how good we are getting this far in the competition. And yeah, just enjoy it and hopefully, you know, fans can get there safely and enjoy it safely and uh, and we can all have a, a a merry christmas or as merry as is possible in these circumstances. That's it. The soup kitchen appeal is still open. As I speak, I think it is is over fifty six thousand. I haven't checked this afternoon, but it's going fantastically. Incredible. And just like I say, thank you to everyone who's participated. Thanks for the people around the world, like yourself, Kev, who who helped us last weekend as well. Um, it's great to have you on your debut proper pod. And yeah, we'll uh, we'll speak to you all again soon, Sarah.